Now, hey guys, welcome. This is Jake Taylor Jacobs uh, on the Jake Taylor Jacobs Show on the Brother Benix Podcast. If you're listening right now, uh, we got some heavy stuff to talk about today because uh, we had a couple of videos go viral, me kind of talking crap about saying how a home, a house is not an investment. So it's going to be some real cool stuff that we're going to talk about because I'm going to bring some biblical things out because it's very crazy how people get all um, emotional uh, when you start talking about things that are just facts. When you think about what an investment is and what an investment is supposed to do, you know, it's a it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. So as you guys are watching us on Facebook, as if you're listening on a podcast, when Brother Ben puts this up on the Brother Ben X podcast, you're going to see some stuff and probably hear some stuff that I hope bring some things that are true to you, because if you don't. I mean, that's on you. I mean, that, that has nothing to do with me. But I, I just want to talk about how I believe the banks are the new pharaohs. Oh, my gosh. It's going to make some people mad because some of us, we literally need the bank to survive. And so when we talk about this, oh, my gosh, it's going to be real good. So if you guys are ready to get going, Facebook, can you guys hear me? We're in the studio, the ABS studios. Um, you know, in, 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 for those of you guys that are watching on Facebook or you're, 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 you're trying to, uh, watch the better version, let me tell you, brother Ben X, it's not here. And we, we don't also, we don't have our a video producer in here. So it's, you know, it's me trying to learn how to work a video and all that stuff. And, and, um, Mogamir, he don't know what the heck he's doing either. And so we just going to make it happen, uh, today. Um, and get it going. So, like I said, today's uh, topic is, um, are the banks the new pharaohs? That's today's topic. Are the banks the new pharaohs? And it's going to make some of you guys mad. I'm not going to lie. And it's, I'm okay with you guys being mad at me because I hope that somebody that is open to hear what I got to say, um, it, it, it'll make you start to kind of look at the things that we've become dependent on. I mean, that, that, that's what I want to do. I, I, I want you to, 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 to undepend. Is that a word? To undepend? I, I want you to undepend, not depend on uh, uh, the banks. <laughs> That's what I want. And so there's a couple of things we're going to be talking about. We're going to be coming from the good old Bible. We're going to be coming out of the book Building Your Warehouse of Wealth uh, by uh, Nelson Nash. And then we're also going to be coming out of my book, The Jake Jake Taylor Jacobs, We Are Sick Surviving Financial Cancer. And we're going to be asking, are the banks the new pharaohs? Because it is crazy how many people, especially when I talk to people who are not my clients, and then people who actually become my clients, they begin to see that I was actually right the entire time. The banks have literally, the banks and the government here in America have literally created a system to where you literally think that you need them to survive. And, 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 and you defend their cause. It's the craziest thing in the world. We literally defend their cause. We literally, literally, just imagine this real quick. We literally defend why they take advantage of us. Well, I don't have any money. Well, this. Well, at least I get money back. I mean, yeah, they took advantage of me, but I'm leaving with something. And it literally, it is scary because we do not study history. We do not know how the banks were created. We don't know why they were formulated. We don't know why we got off the reserves. We don't know what fractional lending is. We don't know how we're being manipulated and taken advantage of. And then you get mad at the whistleblower. (laughs) <laughs> for the person that's just taking the, the 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 top off, I'm just taking them. I'm just taking the chaos off the top and allowing you to see the truth for what it is. And so, if you're open to the truth, and it's not like like I'm not like one of those conspiracy theorists people. I'm like extremely realistic. And I literally made a post um, on a video, and DJ Paul from Three Six Mafia on the video. You guys can go on my Facebook page and see. We got like maybe forty five. 
almost 56, uh, 45, 50,000 views um, on <clears throat> on that. And a bunch of people got mad at me. I'm talking about mad, call me fool. I mean, they were literally, they were calling me names that, you know, people that know me in person would never call me. It was pretty funny. And I tried my best to to answer, how, you know, <clears throat> everybody. Um, I, I tried my best to answer everybody. I tried my best to uh, respond to everybody. It just got overwhelming and I can't do that all day because I do run a company okay um, I'm just not you know on making videos every day all day where I'm just literally coming in all day I, I try to do what I can um, from the um, from the uh, uh, bullying of uh, brother Ben X but that's another conversation for another day but the deal is you know people got mad I mean and I was responding to what somebody said and when you do the math like debt doesn't make sense <laughs> like <laughs> borrowing money from the bank doesn't make sense now i'm not against using other people's money i never said that you have to put your own cash in opportunities but when it comes to the choosing who's other people money that you use there is something there's some people's money you just don't use you just don't get in bed with the devil and I'm going to prove it to you because if you study history, specifically biblical history, you're going to be able to see for yourself. You're going to be able to see for yourself, um, you know, why we struggle the way that we do and why we're in the situations that we're in. And if you, it literally starts back in Genesis, starting at maybe Genesis 39, when Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, they got mad at him because um, Jacob, who was now considered uh, Israel, um, loved him so freaking much. And he was a favorite. And so they cast him out and they take advantage of him. And, you know, Joseph went through this, you know, uh, being in jail and then he earned his right to become second man in um, in Pharaoh. And he, he let Pharaoh know that, you know, he was going to have seven good years of, of prosper and then seven years of famine. So what Pharaoh did. Pharaoh literally, um, when he when he found out this prophecy, Pharaoh then charged um, uh, the Israel. I mean, everyone that was living in Egypt, um, uh, he literally charged them twenty percent of all of their harvest, and um, that was that was his tax to the people. So we're going to talk about taxes here in a second, and, and how the government's taking advantage of us. And, and you think that you know that there are no other options? Me, oh Jesus, oh Lord. We'll talk about it in a second. But so what? So what Pharaoh did, and some of you guys that are chiming in right now, if you think that this has nothing to do with money, I'm telling you, it has everything to do with it because history always repeats itself. There is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new that has been done before that won't happen again. Slavery is going to happen over and over and over again as long as we stay oblivious to the signs of what slavery freaking is. So, so what uh Pharaoh did, Pharaoh literally told Joseph um uh this uh you know what we're going to do we're going to tax everybody 20%. You're going to be my right-hand man. So so Joseph was taken you know, in charge of taking the 20% from everybody's harvest. So that's what, that was taxation without representation right there. That's the reason quote unquote America was quote unquote started and the actual reason for the civil war. 
The Civil War happened not to free slaves. The Civil War happened because there were different tax taxing happened different from the South and the North. It had nothing to do with the slaves. The slaves were just a byproduct of the entire process. But wait a second. That's for another day because we're talking about our banks, the new pharaohs. Like people get mad at me when I say do not use the bank's money. And it's crazy how people literally just stop there. They don't think of any other ways to raise money, any other ways to get capital, because the banks have literally indoctrinated in your head that the only way that you can succeed is with their approval. And it's absolutely ludicrous. When I tell you, when I tell you absolutely ludicrous, I mean, it's like, like absolutely ludicrous. So let's study history. Let's figure out how, Jake, where you're going. It's very simple. So Pharaoh saw and knew that a famine was going to happen. So versus telling the entire um, country or, or kingdom or whatever that he was uh, leading to save 20% of their harvest, he literally collected 20% of their harvest and said he's doing good for his people. And then when seven years of famine began to happen, he then taxed his people for the very harvest that they gave him. He literally charged them 20%. I mean, he, he charged them from the from the harvest that they gave him for seven years. He literally kept all of the harvest that they gave him. And then when the famine happened, he then sold them uh, rations and reparations. And so later on, what happens, Joseph is like, you know, second in, uh, in charge. And his brothers come back and find him. They, oh, my God, they cry and whatever, whatever. Now, watch what happens. So then Pharaoh finds out that Joseph's brothers are the ones who uh, that he was crying over. And then Pharaoh said, listen, Joseph, tell your brothers, go get your father. I want all of y'all to come and get the best of Egypt. Now watch how slavery happens, right? It's just so subtle. It's like a bullfrog that is submerged in cold water. And then you slowly begin to turn the boiling water on. And when you don't realize that your body's adjusting to the temperature, you literally get killed. You literally get destroyed. <laughs> but but if, the, if the water was hot, before you jumped and you touched it, you getting out. And so, Jake, what do you mean? It, society has made it like a norm to literally submit and not think outside of normal confines of borrowing from the bank. That's what society has done. And so here it is. Here it is. So Joseph tells his brothers and tells his dad. To, and Pharaoh said, tell them to get all of their belongings, all of what they own. And bring it to Egypt, and you can have the best of Egypt. So they say, okay. Before they leave, Pharaoh changed his mind. He said, matter of fact, you don't even have to bring anything from Canaan. Come by yourself. Come by yourself. So they brought everything anyway. They brought all the children, all the grandkids, all the live, all the livestock and everything. So here's what happened. So when they came... It was still in the midst of a famine. A famine was happening. So Joseph brought his father. His father stayed in Egypt for 17 years. Eventually what happened? People were literally the government, i.e. Egypt, i.e. the bank, created the, knew a problem was coming and didn't warn the people. They, they saw an opportunity to, to keep the, the reins of the people in control. So what happened? They taxed them 20% for their harvest, knowing that a famine was coming. 
Then when a famine came, they told them to use all of your money, your silver and your gold to purchase the same harvest that they could have kept. Then they charged them for the same harvest they gave them seven years prior to. And then watch this. Then when they ran out of money, they all came to Joseph. They said, Joseph, Joseph, since you're the representative of Egypt's bank in Egypt's government, we have no more money. What can we do to eat? We are literally famine. We're starving. Joseph tells them, he says, okay, what I want you to do, I want you to give us all of your mortgage. I mean, uh, uh, mortgage us your, your, your livestock. And when you give us your livestock, we're going to give you rations. So what's happening is you're giving your, your, your number one assets away and, and they're going to give you rations for, you know, for the livestock that you're giving them. So what did the Egyptians do? And the Egyptians at that time was a mixture of Israelites, Egyptians, and everyone that Canaanites that all came into the land now. And so what's happening is all of them literally gave up their livestock for food. So now they don't have money. They don't have food. I mean, they don't have anything to assets to make money because the bank, i.e. Egypt, still owns it. Now, let's stop there, and we're going to park parenthetically like uh, uh, Bishop Freddie Haynes, uh, uh, Dr. Freddie Haynes says in Dallas. We're going to park here parenthetically because we're going to come back to it. Now, let's think about what the government and what banks do. The government and banks create the problem. Then they give you the solution and charge you for the solution after they created the problem. And then watch this. Then they literally get you to believe that the only way that you can succeed is by using their instruments, using it their way. And then when you run out of options, what they're doing, they're creating a dependency. And it's like freaking crack in your arms. And you don't think that there's another way out when you don't look at the numbers for itself. And you literally are okay with getting screwed. And so what Egypt did, this is what Egypt did. Egypt literally said, okay, listen, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Um, um, the Egyptians ran out of livestock. So they say, listen, um, Joseph, okay, so y'all got our money. Y'all got our livestock. We don't have anything else. What else, what else can, 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 watch this. They say, if you can purchase our lands, and purchase us, we will work for you for free. You can have our land as long as we can eat. So these people were willing to give up their full entitled freedom just for a little niblet from the problem that Pharaoh created. So when we look at this economic system that we live in calling dependency on the government and dependency on, 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 on the banks, they've literally created the problem and we don't see the problem. We're okay with the problem. And then we literally just, you know, okay it. And then we find ourselves working as slaves. So, yes, we are free physically. We don't have, we're not in shambles. Like, we're not, like, in, in, in uh, you know, in stockyards. And we're not picking cotton. But when you think about where all of your money goes every single day, literally 50 37 to 50% of every dollar that you make goes to bank financing. So you can't sit here and tell me that the best option that you have is to use banks money. It's like a drug. 
if you understood how the banking system works, we're going to talk about that more in the Jake Taylor show further from now. That's not the topic for today, but we're going to break down how the banking system actually works. And when you realize that when you pay off your debt, they don't make money. So they create systems to make you feel like the payments are low enough for you to sustain it long term so they can continue to make their money long term. Even if you're good at paying debt because you're so used to the dependency of using debt to get everything you want in life, you will forever be indebted to the lender. The Bible says that the borrower will always be slave to the lender and the banking institution has now became Pharaoh because they literally created a system to where about we truly believe that the only way that we can succeed is if we are using the bank's finances. I'll prove it. I, I did a post with DJ Paul on Facebook that went viral. And the, the post that I did with DJ Paul, uh, I didn't do it with DJ Paul. Vlad was interviewing DJ Paul, and I gave commentary about DJ Paul. Now watch this. On the commentary, I say that I think that you should purchase homes cash. That's what I said. I said, I think that you should purchase home cash um, to live in a property, whatever, whatever. So everybody, uh, who who got 30, who got money like that? Who got 200000 $300,000? And it's very scary to see that people are so willing to be, t- t- to have things that they can't afford that they don't realize what they are saying. Who has two hundred, $300,000 sparingly to purchase a home? Well, what's more important, the home or the land? I'm confused. We're literally, people are literally arguing with me about an overpriced building that will rot and you will have to continue to make over, fix the foundation. We're, we're literally talking about a building, not the land. So people went crazy. Oh, this dude crazy. And the only thing, the only thing I was proving is I was saying that when you, a home is not an investment. A home is a purchase. A home is not an investment. A home is a purchase. That's what I've been saying. Jake, what do you mean? I went to Indonesia. My wife and I, we're going to uh, some type of island in June. I went to Indonesia. And it's funny because people like, you know, talking to me like I'm some like <laughs> poor hoodlum. <laughs> like I don't run a seven figure, but it's crazy. Anyway, so many people ask me, Brother Ben asks, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made a hundred in $30,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. As I digress. So I'm over here talking to, um, uh, uh, I'm talking to the people and I'm telling them that a home is not a best. So we went to Indonesia and when I went to Indonesia, it completely transformed how I thought even more. 
You literally have families that stay on the same property. Everybody has like one to maybe five acres of land, and the family literally stays on the same property for years. Like the family literally stays on the same property for hundreds of years. It doesn't even fathom in their mind to purchase their home land. And it's crazy some of the stuff people say. Well, who stays in a home for 30 years? After six years, when, when you know you do this and you see the market go up, you sell your home and you get another one. What is are we gypsies? Why why are you financing a home to sell the home to move into another home to do it again? That sounds like an apartment complex to me. So we ran the numbers. And I don't have my board, so we're not going, I'm not going to bore you with the numbers. So everyone brought their emotions to the table. And I literally computed how purchasing a home does not fiscally make sense as an investment. Because an investment's job is to turn a profit. That's an investment's job. An investment's job is to turn a profit. An investment's job is to grow in equity and cash flow or in capital and and when you look at the home, yes, okay, when you buy, buy down a home, you are increasing your equity. But one of the things that people continue to miss out on and understand is that until you pay the home off or sell the home, the bank owns your deed. So let's start right there. Let's start right there. The bank owns your deed. So for everybody that's, uh, what would you say, Akeisha? For, appreciate it. So for everybody that literally... It's talking about I bought a home. You did not buy a home. The bank owns your home. The bank has your deed. You just have the responsibility to pay off the bank's property until they relinquish it to you. Let's start there. Let's start there. Because this is this is the piece that people don't like like People are getting mad at me because I'm just stating the obvious. You did not purchase a house. You financed the house that the bank owns and you're paying rent to own on the house at a supreme prime interest rate. Here's the deal. Then they say, hey, Jake, but I got 3%, 4%. Everyone's talking to me about rates of percentage, 4%, 3%, and you don't calculate volume of percentage. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. What I mean by that is this. if When you go to the doctor, you need to get a shot. You're not worried about the rate of how fast they put it inside your vein. You're worried about the volume, the amount of medicine that they're injecting inside of your body. Volume versus rate. The banks teach you rate and they don't show you volume. When you look at your own mortgages and you look at how much of interest that you're paying, the average person is paying anywhere from 35 to 56% volume interest on this quote unquote investment. When you look at the numbers, it's the cra- it's the it's the it's the craziest thing in the world that people are telling me it's an investment. The house that you live in is not an investment. It is a liability. Anything that literally does not generate you cash flow or do not uh, generate you positive equity that you can access is a liability. Well, Jake, I'm building equity in my home. Well, if you wanted to get the equity out of your home, do you know what you got to do? You got to refinance your house and give ownership back to the bank. 
Well, Jake, I can get a HELOC for my home. Yeah, when you get a HELOC, you literally give up ownership of your home for the damn debt. How is that an investment? For me to get the equity out of my home, I literally have to collateralize my entire home and put my entire family's nest egg up for what? For what? I'm taking on my little vest right now because I'm getting hot. Hey, Shandalyn, if you're listening, can you bring me my fan? And it's, it's just the craziest thing. It's just crazy. So let's do the numbers. $200,000 house at 4%. You're going to end up paying $343,000 in total mortgage on a $200,000 home. Then somebody said, Jake, but nobody stays in a house 30 years. Well, what the hell are you buying a home for? Well, I want to get money back because it's like a forced savings. Are you kidding? So let's do the math. Just plug it up right there. So let's do the math. Plug it up right there. Yeah. So let's do the math. Somebody said, Jake, if you do, if if somebody rents a home $1,200 a month for six years, they spend $72,000 on the property. Then they said, if you do the same exact thing for a home, you spend $1,200 a month. Uh, if you spend twelve hundred dollars a month for six years, that's the same seventy-two. When you're financing a home, you're at least going to get money back when you sell the property. Okay, let's play the numbers game. I'm going to get seventy-two thousand dollars I put into an apartment. Apartment seventy-two thousand dollars that I put into the home, just mortgage versus rent, apples to apples. Cool. But let's not forget about the 20% that you put down on a home. 72,000 uh, 72, plus $40,000 is $112,000 that you put into the home property versus the $72,000 that you would have put into the apartments, okay? So I put $72,000 in an apartment, and then I spent $112,000 on a home for the same six years. When I sell my home at a four, an average three to five percent uh, appreciation rate, I gave you four. At a four percent average appreciating rate, watch this: your home would only be worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So after the closing cost, I didn't even count maintenance. I didn't even count taxes. You would walk away from your home with forty eight thousand dollars after you stayed stayed in the house six years. You did the same thing I mortgage I, I rented with, and you walked away with forty-eight thousand dollars after you sold your home six years later. So let's do the math. If that same forty thousand dollars you put as a down payment onto the house, you got that money back plus eight thousand dollars. If I would have took that forty thousand dollars you put down on the house and I put it into some type of interest-bearing account for the same six years, I would w- wind up with more money at the end of six years than you're walking away from the mortgage of a property with none of the risk of having debt. Let's just look at the numbers. So tell me how financing a home is an investment. Now, if you're telling me you're purchasing a home for legacy for your family, now I'm going to put some of your things in question. Well, I'm going to say, well, if you're purchasing a home for your family, why the hell are you buying that little ass cul-de-sac? You got seven kids. You got seven kids. 
What they gonna do with that little two bedroom, one bath, three bedroom, two bath little cul-de-sac? You know what your seven kids gonna do? Because it does not equitably make sense for them to share twelve hundred dollars a month seven ways. So you know they're going to sell the property, fire sale when you die. Let's do the math. So I put $112,000 into in the house for six years, not including maintenance. I put $72,000 into an apartment for six years. The house is, I spent $40,000 more money into the house because of the down payment. Over six years. So $112,000. Versus $72,000. The $40,000 that you put into the house, I put into an interest-bearing account, giving me 6 to 8% a year over the same six years. I would wind up in a better situation than you are. But the person who told me that you stay in the house for six years and you leave. Now, for somebody that says, hey, Jake, I'm, I'm purchasing a home. I ain't purchasing a home so that my family has legacy. We have something to stand on. Well, then I'm going to ask you, like I said before, how much land are you purchasing? Because the very first thing you do when you're purchasing something for generational wealth, you don't look at the damn house. You look at the land. We're so damn caught up on how big my house is. You don't, you got that little bitty ass land. Your kids can't even play on the land that you bought. And you're telling me that your house that you purchased was literally an investment. Come on, people. I went to Indonesia and these people, their families were literally staying on the land for hundreds of years. I asked the person who owned, I asked many families in Indonesia that had these houses. I said, do you ever think about selling your land? They looked at me. They said the ultimate betrayal. They said the ultimate betrayal on your family is to sell your family's land. Which means that it's not an investment. Well, Jake, I can pull equity out of my land or out of my house so that I can go in and 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 make a move for my business. Okay, let's say you are doing that. Do you know you realize that when you pull equity out of your house, that you're literally putting your house and your land back up for sale to the very people you're trying to be independent of? So it's just crazy. It's just crazy to me how people literally are combating me when I just say that a home is not supposed to be an investment. A home is supposed to be a long-term purchase for the value of your family. So when you're evaluating a home, you look at the land first, man. How much land can you get? Not how big your house is for people that say, Jake, I can't afford a $200,000 house. Buy the land first. Then when you buy the land, because why? I'm not purchasing. When my wife and I, when we purchase a property, because some of y'all are thinking like you're talking to like some, some, some poor person that just blogs all day on a video. You're talking to a, a, a guy who built a company from scratch, never using a bank's dollar for nothing. We've never borrowed money ever. From the bank to build our company. We have a seven-figure business trying to push to get to eight figures this year, and I'm not even 30. 
All because I use common sense and I use what's called the Bible. I'm looking at history and I saw exactly what Pharaoh did to the Israelites. And and I'm looking at the same thing the banks are doing today. If I cannot enslave you physically, how can I get you to work for me for the rest of your life? I.e. debt. If I can create a scenario where you feel like you're getting ahead when I'm really getting money for the rest of my life on you. How does that how does that fiscally make sense? So we so so we buildings come up, buildings go down. You're going to have to do foundation on your house sometimes. You're going to have to restructure your house sometimes. You're going to have to build it up, build it. All the, we're not worried about the building. What I'm telling people, think about the land first. Well, Jake, I don't have enough money for a $200,000 house. Well, damn it, you can't afford it. I would much rather have land I own, go get me a double wide, make a triple wide, or go get a module home that's already made, save up $60,000, use that as, a, as an apartment, um, as, as quarters while I build my land using uh, uh, cash, my business, or me and my wife's own banking system. Yes, you can have your own family banking system. And I said that in a video and nobody has asked me, Jake, how did you and your wife create your own banking system without using traditional banks? People are literally caught up with the master, i.e. Pharaoh, Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America, the government. You're so stuck on the, the, the traditional wisdom that they taught you and it has not gotten you anywhere. The average black American American makes $1.5 million in their working career over their lifetime in $1,082,577 of their $1.5 million goes to the bank for debt and finance charges. Please get me to understand how that makes sense to anybody. How does that make sense to anybody? Terion said, what's the topic? The topic is, and I, I think I, ha- I have it in the thing. The topic is, is the, the, uh, uh, is the bank the new Pharaoh? And I'm proving that the bank is a new Pharaoh. The Egyptians, the Israelites, literally, literally, they literally, Amir, can you bring me some more water? They literally, the Pharaoh created a system to where about the Israelites did not believe that they could survive without them. That's why God had them in the wilderness for 40 years, man, because they could not uh, uh, shed their slavery mentality, the dependency on a bank. On the de- We're so dependent on the bank to survive. Literally, when people start businesses, the very first thing that they say When people start businesses, the very first thing that they say is, how can I get funding? What? Business is about providing a service. Why is the first thing you're thinking about is, how can I give myself to master? That's exactly what they did in Genesis. If you don't study your history, you will never get ahead. The Israelites, the the, the Egyptians around there that were Israelites because the Canaanites moved there and all that other stuff when Joseph's family moved. Long story short, they literally... The, the Pharaoh created a system to where about the people begin to depend on them. They create a system and the people literally willfully gave themselves up for slavery just to eat regularly. 
And people literally on on social media, on our, on my last video that went viral, people are literally trying to get me to believe that purchasing a home is an investment. Purchasing a home should not be an investment. It should be you buying land for your family. And it's crazy. People say, well, why would I pay rent? Well, damn it. If your mama or your family are still paying down on a property that they owe the bank, why the hell won't you go rent with your family? If that's such a big issue, why won't you go help them get rid of the bank? How does that make sense? Well, Jake, I don't have $200,000 to build a house. Who the hell said that you need to start with $200,000? You can go build a, uh, you can go build, uh, build goddamn, uh, uh, shoot, um, in-laws quarters for $50,000 on land that you own and do slow build outs in phases of the property that you actually want without getting in bed with the devil. It's not an investment. And I asked everybody, y'all, I promise you, I asked everybody, I asked everybody, I asked everybody, I said, without emotion, can anybody please, without emotion, don't use emotion, can anybody please, 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 just without emotion, without what you feel, show me the numbers of how purchasing a home is an investment. Everyone bought emotions. They literally brought their emotions and nobody brought me realistic numbers. Nobody. So let's do the numbers again. I got a $200,000 house at 4%. Everybody sit here and say, well, my rate is 4%. Dude, are you crazy? They blind you with 4%. If you do the math, if say you go to a doctor. The doctor literally, what does the doctor do? They put medicine inside of a needle. You're not worried about the rate of how fast they put the medicine inside of you. You're worried about the volume of medicine inside of the needle that can kill you. So the rate about which that they quote unquote charge you is not the killer. The killer killer is the volume of interest that you have to pay over the lifelong of the property. <laughs> it's crazy. So $200,000 home versus renting at an apartment. And everybody's literally not taking what I'm saying. I'm not saying not to buy a house. I'm saying don't use the damn bank to do it. Save your money. I'm saying that a house is not an investment. A house should be something that you plan on being. You should be trying to get in a community that you plan on being around and you're building some type of family compound or something where land that your family can actually have. You guys saying, man, man, Jake, the reason why we can't get ahead is because we don't own land. That little, that little cul-de-sac of land that you can barely put two people in the backyard. That ain't no damn land. Sean, you're right. So Sean said, Sean, the reason why I'm not fussing, I'm preaching. Because I, I, I have to, Sean, I have to register in our head what makes sense. So let me tell you what makes sense. 
You purchase a home. Something that you live in to stay in. When I went to Indonesia, the families in Indonesia considered selling your family's property as treason to the family. That they they don't think of it. The Kennedys aren't thinking about selling their compound. <laughs> So this is what you look for when you're purchasing a home. You don't look at the building. You look at the land and the location of the growth of the community. Why? Not so that you can sell your land. It's so that you can position your property and your family to be in a thriving community that would make your family want to stay on the compound that you're building. That's one. So you buy the land first. It's like old churches used to do. You buy the land. You tell everybody what you're doing. You save your money. Then you start the framework. And then from the framework, your foundation, then you build the framework. Then you do the framework and you build your property without doing it. So this is what you do. You buy the land. My wife and I, we don't think when we think about a house, we're first of all trying to figure out what's the best place area community for us to raise our family the right way. And we're not subjugating it to where we grew up. We're trying to find the best place that has economic growth for the growth of our family and our businesses. So the very first thing that we're doing, we're scouting land. Why scout land? Because land is the commodity, not the house. Land is the commodity, not the house. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com, www.whatisabstribe.com. The banks own the house. State and government owns the land. The banks only want you to worry about the house. So here's how it goes. So you purchase the land. You find the land that you want, and it's okay that you don't know where you want to live. Save, stack your bread. Why? Because a person who makes decisions based on facts, research, and logic put themselves in a better position to economically grow the sustainability of their financial uh, 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 wealth within their family. So I can, I can save my money and find the land. Once I find the land that I want to live on, reside on, or build on, then what I do, I purchase the land. Uh, uh, later on, not on this show, but on another show, I'm going to tell you guys, if you guys keep tuning in to the Jake Taylor Jacobs show, I'm going to show you how my wife and I literally created our own family banking system. We don't use the bank's money. 
We only use our own private family banking system that we created using cash reserves. Okay, we'll talk about that at, an, at a later time. I want you guys to keep coming back so I can teach you. Okay, so here's the deal. So you purchase the land. After you purchase the land, the very next thing that you do, you, you save your money. If you don't like renting, if you don't like renting for the other person, if your mother, if your auntie, if your family members, if you hate renting so bad, if they still owe the bank, at least you can give your money to a, 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 um, a property or, or, or to um, your family members who need help paying down their mortgage so that they can own their property too if you're going to rent. So what I'm saying is if you cannot afford to rent and save, you need to find e better economic, uh, uh, economical ways for you to live so that you can save. So the purpose of renting is not for it to be a lifelong thing. The purpose of renting is for you to build on top of. So when I tell people to rent, they act like I'm telling them to rent for 30 years. My wife would not go for that. The reason why I'm telling you to rent, the reason why I'm telling you to rent is so that you can put, your, so that you can put yourself in a better situation to become fiscally, fiscally sound. Now somebody said, from my knowledge, the government can seize anyone's land under the Patriots Act. I think we should we should stack our bread and invest in land outside of this country. But you have more knowledge of that than me. And I'm really interested in your thoughts on that. Listen, we're, we're caught up in too many things. Right. So the government can seize the land. The banks can seize your property. OK, we're, we're nobody on the, the money that we make. We don't own it. When you die, you don't have nothing. You own nothing. The only thing that you have control of that you own are your trust and things that your family can control that the government can't touch. Those are trust. Those are life insurance policies. Even with a stock and all that stuff, you really don't own that. The fund owns it. But uh, we'll, we'll get in that at another time. But I'm just giving you strategy for people that want to have their own place to stay, their own land. It's crazy how bougie we got that we feel like we have to go get a $200,000, $300,000, $400,000 house and, and bank with it. Do you know that the cost of freedom is a lot more intense than getting into debt with Master Bank? That's why they created the MasterCard. You, you don't think? That's why they named it Master's Card. So when you swipe it, you're always going to be paying and working for Master. Everything is subliminal. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. That just logically makes sense. So what do you mean by that, Jake? Very simple. Very simple. So you want to find a way to get off of needing the bank's money to survive. You want to find a way to get, get off of needing uh, a master's or Pharaoh's money to survive. That's the first step. That's the reason why the, uh, the Israelites were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, because God was trying to get them off of the Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh system and dependency system to the dependency on self-discovery of the value that you have within yourself. So what do you do? If you can't afford to rent, you can't afford to save by yourself, that means you need to be living with somebody, get out of your ego, and understand that that comes with the cost of barrier of entry for you to find your freedom. When people were trying to get free as slaves, everybody lived with everybody because they'd rather be free than to have their own quote-unquote land that they don't own, and the bank owns the house that they stay in just so that they can say that they're independent. When, when, when internationals come to America, 
They come in together. You think they like to stay together? I would think not. But they rather stay together than put themselves in a situation to where they're enslaved to the very system that they were trying to come in to get them free. So you purchase the land. You pay your taxes on the land, okay, so that you can control the land. What you got to understand is that it's not about ownership. It's about control. Okay, you want control. So forget ownership. You want control. So you take control of the land and you pay the taxes on the land. You pay taxes on the land to the official landlord. The landlord is who you pay taxes to. That is the government. Don't let nobody else trick you. The landlord is somebody who owns the land. If you're paying taxes for your land, somebody else owns your land. It's simple. So you want to seize control of a land of a property and pay taxes to the real landlord, which is the state or the government. So after you do that. You go in, you go in, stop being so bougie. It's crazy. I will, I told my wife, if she want to be bougie, she she can get rid of it. Either we're going to rent or she really wants a property. We're going to go buy land and we're going to go get a double wide. And we're going to stay in this double wide. Double wides ain't ugly no more. We're going to stay in this double wide on our land that we own until we can do a full build out of the property. Okay. We're such in a rush to get nowhere, and we find ourselves in the same situations over again. So this is how you purchase a house. So I find the land. If I don't want to live in a double wide, I got to rent, save my money so that I can what? Purchase pieces of the land. The very first portion of your house that you build, you don't start building on the big house because you got to stay. There's a lot of other parts. You can start building what's called in-law quarters. It's a little apartment that you can build on your house. It takes maybe fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 that you can spend on an affordable in-law quarters or something that's called module homes. You can save fifty dollars to $60,000. Now you're on your property. Now you're on your land, and you literally paid it, and now you owe nobody. Then you do slow build outs of the property how you want. And yes, it may take more time, but I rather it take more time than to be enslaved to the very institution that was created to get us to start what paying a long, long term. The only thing I'm trying to get, I'm trying to challenge your mindset to think independent of these banking systems that have created a system to make you feel like the only way that you can survive is with the funding from the bank. That's the only thing I'm saying. And I'm saying that the banks to, to purchase a home should not be an investment. It is not an investment. It is where you stay. The things that you need, the necessities of life should not be investments. You don't purchase food and say it's an investment. You say it's nourishment for my body. You don't purchase a car and say it's investment. You say it's transportation to get me to and fro. You don't purchase clothing and say it's an investment. You say that I need something to cover my body. You should be purchasing homes for not as an investment, for a consistent, stable shelter. A place that your kids, kids, kids can stay without you having to worry. A buying a home, financing a home is not an investment. That was a product that was created by the banks in the nineteen in in the nineteen fifties, going on sixties, because the baby boomers were too old and everybody was clogging up the inner city. So they created what I call the suburban expansion, where the banks and the governments got together and they started creating a product called a mortgage. This mortgage, uh, this this mortgage that they've been doing it, but they they privatized this mortgage and they allowed for anybody to get at home that had a job. Didn't matter if you can afford it. They had a job and they had life insurance for the property in case you died. And they were going to the rural areas and they were doing suburban build outs in the 1950s and 1960s, which caused the very first mortgage mortgage burst. 
The very first mortgage burst happened because they were not properly lending money because the the banks can actually lend more money than they actually have to back. They were literally printing money from nothing. So I'm telling you that a home is not an investment. An investment property is an investment. A home that you stay in is not. It is not. It is not. And I'm trying to get you to challenge your natural beliefs. Now, let's talk about a property. Let's talk about a property. And, and I did a class, uh, and, and one of the classes that I did um, in our I Am The Lender Financial Institute, and one of the classes that I did in our I Am The Lender Financial Institute, I actually show everybody uh, how, um, how when, you purchase, when, you, when you purchase a home, the person who saves money 10 years, so say they save $20,000 a year for 10 years, versus the person who borrows money from the bank for this investment property, they, they get $200,000 from the bank, and they cash flow for 30 years. When you do your own math, the person who saves cash and buys this investment property cash in, in 10 years later will out cash flow in 20 years with the person who borrowed money for this property cash flows in 30. It's simple math. The least path of resistance to wealth is to eliminate bank debt. That's why when you calculate someone's net worth, they say assets minus liabilities, meaning your debt. And yes, there are people who make tons of money. They got more money than me that borrow money um, to get there. But yet the number one reason of bankruptcies for these same companies are because they are in over their head in debt. It's a drug that never goes away. The reason why governments fall out uh, and become bankrupt governments is because they borrow more than they can afford to pay back. I don't care what anybody says. If you continue to lean on the debt system using bank debt to accumulate wealth and you stay on that system because you've created that money and people can say, hey, Jake, I'm just using the system so I can get my properties and I'm good. That's like saying I'm going to take heroin for 10 years. I'm going to feel that high. And after 10 years, I got my itch. Then I'm going to go and, and, and I'm going to be good. It doesn't make sense. And there is nobody, there is nobody, nobody that can tell me any different. When, I, when, when, when people are challenging me, especially people of faith, I say, well, how did I build a seven-figure business only using this as a financial guide? So either I'm going to believe in the God, God system or I'm going to believe in the world system. Either I'm going to build my business the way God intended and I'm going to let God be my resource and my knowledge. And I'm going to look at the mistakes that was made here. <laughs> or I'm going to depend on the world system and make the same mistakes. Y'all don't think that they've been millionaires that come and go? You don't think that? You don't think that there's been plenty of people that own many properties and go bankrupt and go bankrupt and go bankrupt and you think that that's cool? Then they find their way out the system. Then they end up starting a fund and start raising money so that they don't have to actually pay the money back or they, 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 they make money off their name after all the mistakes they made like Donald Trump. He literally licenses his name. So all those properties you see his name on Donald Trump license his name. After you made a name, you made a mistake. People think you're a billionaire. You license your name. You think you're good. So these are things I'm telling you about. These are things I'm telling you about. 
and I'm telling you because you're talking to somebody, and I'm telling you, and I and I'm, I started the show because after four videos go viral of me talking about it and people going crazy and talking crazy to me, I'm literally like, yo, y'all really don't even, y'all don't even, y'all don't understand my heart. Y'all think I'm, y'all think that I am some, I am some uneducated, not well-researched, don't know what you think, but I live in the financial world. I have a financial firm. I run a financial firm. Do you not think I could make a lot more money by teaching y'all crazy stuff? You don't think I can make a lot more money by getting y'all to buy mortgages? You don't think I can? You don't think I can make a lot more money by selling y'all them trash 401ks that we're going to talk about tomorrow on the show? You don't think that 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 I I will make more money tell, showing selling y'all them trash qualified plans? When y'all know how them if when tomorrow on the show, when I talk about how the qualified plans were created and what they're really intended to do, Y'all think I'm going to jeopardize the integrity of what God blessed me and our team with here with ABS. We got our own headquarters, our own studios. We're in 14, we're in front of 14 states without ever using the bank's money. <laughs> y'all don't think, y'all don't think that, that, that when, when I tell our team that if we're doing, if, if, if we're under $50,000 in cash flow for our company, it's a bad month. And we don't use debt. <laughs> you know how much money can cope, go back to your legacy if you did not use bank debt? Think about it. How many cars have you financed and, and, and charged since you've, been, since you've been working? Average person goes through six or seven cars. How many cars? How many cars? And all you do is what? The value goes down and they get you to what? Trade the car in <laughs> as your down payment. <laughs> or you go upside down to get into another car. Why? Because the banks make money on lending. And listen, I'm only here talking to the people who want to completely get off the system. And on this show, I'm going to be talking to you guys about how me and my wife create our own family private banking system to where we literally only use this. We don't use the bank. We don't use the bank. So anybody got any questions before we get off the show today? It's date night. It's Wednesday. It's date night. Oh, some of you guys that seen our video, seen my video, you guys see the heart that I have for y'all to say, I'm, I'm, I'm not a sucker. I've been teaching financial literacy for seven years, and I started off teaching people how to get debt. I started off that. Then I realized how it literally was counterproductive to the word of God. Bank debt, counterproductive to the word of God. You lose control of everything. You lose control of everything. You literally, I appreciate that, love the information. I appreciate that. Listen, you literally lose, you literally lose everything. So if you got value from, from this uh, a show today. This is the Jake Taylor Jacobs show on the Brother Ben X podcast in our ABS studios at our at our headquarters. 
not in my apartment complex. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing against small beginnings. The Bible says, "Do not despise small beginnings." So you're not talking to somebody who just read a book. Yes, Adrian says. So is it better to rent until you can pay cash for your dream home? Yes, it is better to rent until you can pay cash for your dream home. Yes, 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 yes. And if you cannot rent, and if you cannot rent. And save money. You're either in a place you shouldn't, you can't afford. If you say, "Man, my kids deserve to all have their own room," well, it's the difference between deserve and you just want them to have it. Okay, so if you can't save and rent at the same time, you're either in too uh, high of an apartment complex, or, or if your area is just, it just costs too much, you need to move. You need to move areas. Convenience. Is, is causing you your independence and save, or you need to find a co a co sharing space. You literally can go get a four thousand five thousand dollar mansion property, four five thousand dollar mansion property if you wanted to rent. Two married couples, three married couples can live in a mar- in, in this or, or or people can live in this mansion property and have plenty of space and rent at, the, at a cheaper price. Or you can stack up, like Andre said, with family. If your mama is still paying a mortgage, what are we talking about? You can't talk to me about generational wealth if you want to go get a house, get in debt, and your mama is still mortgaging their house. You need to go stay with your mama. Go build quarters in the back. Go build a cot in the back and help your mom or your parents pay off their property. Pay off the property. So your family has something that they can own. Guess what? When you're the person in charge of helping that family pay off that property, guess who, who they'll inherit the majority of ownership of that property to? They're going to give it to you. They're going to give it to you. I told my wife, I would not dare. I would not dare to go mortgage anything. If we're going to mortgage, we're going to go back to my family's house. And we're going to build in-law quarters for ourselves in the back of my family's backyard after we get approval (laughs) from the city. (laughs) And we're going to help my mom pay off her mortgage. And we're going to stack up. So don't talk to me about inclusiveness and, and building family legacy when your mama, you got too much ego to move back with your mom and dad and help them get rid of that debt, that, that burden that they got on their neck. You got too much ego for me. <clears throat> Go add value somewhere and watch what God does. So, so, so in all of my teachings, when I, when I, when I challenge certain traditions or certain ideologies, please know that my heart is coming from here. I would much rather be on God's system any other day. My seven-figure business and somebody else's seven-figure business that they ran it off of debt. I have less stress with a debt-free business than they do with a debt with having a debt seven-figure company. We have more positive cash flow to come to us than a company that literally is literally a seven-figure company because of debt. <clears throat> we don't our, our money's not going anywhere. It's coming in-house. Okay, so what I want you guys to do, I really want you all to like, follow my page. Brother Ben X is making me come out of the woodworks 
so that I can bring these biblical teachings to uh, to our worldly problems. We're bringing biblical financial solutions to worldly financial problems. And I hope that you get value from it. I hope you share it. If you got value, please share. Please like and follow. Tell other people to like and follow. And I know in the beginning I was yelling and I was and I was and I was fussing. <clears throat> it is because I listen, y'all. I love y'all. I promise I do. I promise I love you. I promise I love you. I promise I do. And I'm not telling you not to live your best life, but there's a way to live your best life. Solomon says there's always a time for everything. There's a time for everything. And right now you need to be in the time of stacking. So if you're a millennial, listen, listen, you got time. You don't have kids. You're not married. Please listen to me. I'm going to make sure you're right. If you're married, I can help you fix the situation. If you're in above your head in debt, I can help you fix that too. But you got to tune in to the Jake Taylor Show because, listen, let me tell you something. Jake Taylor, Jacob's your cousin. I'm going to bring you back to life using biblical principles. And I promise you that, listen, I love you, and there is absolutely nothing that you can do about it. Peace. Hey, family, listen, I know COVID has messed up some of our vision and some of us, our vision for our family and our future looks a little blurry, but we want to help bring the vision back to 2020. We want you to be able to see the success and everything that you plan for 2020 to be. We want to help bring that vision back. So we have a crazy bundle for you going into Black Friday. This bundle, we got Purpose to Profit, which is a full course that's going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product and that product into a profitable business, six-figure business from scratch. We're going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product. We're going to teach you how to market, how to scale, how to productize. We're going to teach you how to test. We're going to teach you how to package this product so that you can be able to take it into the marketplace to be able to do great things. Not only with that bundle, you're also going to get private banking blueprint where we teach you how to build your own banking system. Yes, you heard me, your own banking system. And guess what? Guess what? It's only going to be for $368. Yes, you heard it. $368. You're going to get an actual physical copy of the textbook of Private Banking Blueprint. All of that course together for $368 all the way up until Black Friday. If you want to move on that bundle, go to visionbundle.com. Visionbundle.com and take action today.